0: you some advice. What you need is more stuff. Get a bigger car, a bigger house with a bigger garage to park it in. Then you'll be satisfied. Promise. (laughs) That dude's just creepy. That's all i got to say about that. So just forget that even happened. Well, welcome to Real Life once again. If you're new with us, us, thanks for being here in the house. And I want to say happy, 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 happy Father's Day to everybody. And I've got something very special I'm going to shout out today. This guy has no idea what's about to happen. He's hanging his head already. Uh, But, man, uh, you know, I grew up and this guy saw something in my life that I didn't see in my own self. And, uh, man, just uh, growing up in church, uh, this man really became my father spiritual father to me and has just done so much for my life and even just me through the last week his heart is for God and just does incredible stuff and so man just give it up for my spiritual father this is Mitch Black right here I talk about him all the time I'd say he's the bald guy but that is not going to narrow it down over there so but man, I love you, and uh, man, just so encouraging. He, he was sitting here, he goes, that's Barry on stage talking? Like, dude, holy smokes, that guy's grown so much, and uh, man, it's just so cool to see what God's doing, and uh, I want to encourage you, if you're a dad, I got something special for you, we got a little gift here uh, to Bass Pro, so we're going to play a little game, uh, we're going to pull out your wallets, if you got a wallet, no, we're not going to take an offering right now, but pull your wallet out, all you dudes, pull your wallet out, we're going to see who has the thickest wallet in the house today, so hold it up, Brian's like, I don't, I'd look, okay, come on, hold those wallets up. Where's your wallet? This guy didn't have a wallet. This guy's... Let me see who needs a chiropractic uh, gift card. No, you're not going to do it. Was that a phone in there? That's my wallet. Oh, my gosh. I like it. What do you got? I can't see back here. Unbelievable. What? Oh, my gosh. Look at this thing. I got... You stand up. You got to stand up. All right, Halford, come up here. Hey, let's see what you got. All right, come up here. This is going to be tight. This is going to be a tight race. Come right here. Everybody come here. Let's see what you got. Hold them up. Let's compare. pair. No, it's side by side right here. All right, I'm out. Halford, you got issues. I think it's what, a bigger one what, what, what do we got? Oh, man. Uh-huh. This is because he's black. This is black. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I, I don't know. No, I man. It's a bigger than mine there. Yeah, sorry, Halford, you're yeah, out. Yeah, I think I'm out. All right, you are the winner. Nice work. Here you go. Don't spin all at the same place. Thank you, Put some, yeah, make that wall just a little thicker today unbelievable. I was going to ask people if that picture of your mom in there still. You might have some Benjamins in there too. So, uh, you know, we're going to talk about that here, but you know, who, uh, who would, uh, like to have a little money. Maybe it'd say, man, my life would be a little more enjoyable. I could relax a little bit. But i had just a little bit more money in my account. Come on, put those hands up. Just a few people. If I were to give somebody $10,000 a day, you'd be like, man, that's going to help me out a little bit. Anybody like that? Just a few people. If you didn't raise your hand, you're out. You're not going to get it. Um, no, we're not going to give anything out. But man, you know, money it feels like it's make our life so much better. And I was growing up, uh, my mom used to shop at the Price Chopper off of uh, Banister Road in Blue Ridge. Come on, somebody. Wow. And um, and uh, you come in. Wow, <laughs> whoever said that? I, I didn't know what you said, but it sounded cool. Um, Anyway, so I walk in the price chopper, and, uh, and I was a like, grown-up, and they had those quarter machines, you know what I'm talking about? And uh, I was like one of six, so we never had quarters. Uh, but they had these things called homies in there. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody seen the homies? Yeah, they were really cool, but they really never were cool. Uh, and I was like 18, so no, I'm just kidding. I was like 12. Uh, but there's little homies and there's little gangsters and like we grew up in Raytown, so you know that we thought it was cool. And so we didn't have any money, so we'd beg for quarters. So we got out, out in front of a Price Chopper and these little ladies come out pushing the carts and hey, do you have a quarter? Oh, sweetheart, I knew you were gonna ask me. And they give us quarters and so we'd go in the machines and like follow these homies and we got into the car and my brother, another brother who I wasn't buying stuff with, he rats us out. He goes, man, where'd you get all those money for those uh, homies there? And of course my mom she puts it all together and. Uh, We got grounded for two weeks, and uh, I'll never forget it. She made us pick weeds in the garden, and uh, that doesn't sound like a big deal until you realize we have two acres and half of it's a garden. And so uh, we picked for two weeks out there by hand every little thing out of the garden we could possibly find that was not a plant that we should keep. And uh, I'll never forget, always wanted more, you know? Like, it had to have just a little bit more. Just, come on, just one more, homie. Come on, somebody, just one more homie. It changes when you get older, doesn't it? Nobody wants homies. I tried to put a picture up there, but it's all copyrighted. But I told Diane, these things are worth money nowadays. I can at least get three or $4 a piece, you know? So it wasn't worth it. But you know, so many times we have so much in our life, almost like we have more than enough and we get more discontent. It's almost like the more you get, the less satisfied you are with what you have. Why is that? Because we just want just a little bit more in our lives. You know, how much money do you think it takes to be satisfied? How much money do you think you have to have in life to be satisfied today. You know, for some of us, it's like, man, if I made $30,000, I'd be satisfied, right? If I made $74,000, there's actually a Gallup poll that says if you make 30, you want $75,000 in your account. Can you imagine that? I remember thinking, man, if I ever made over 30, man, that'd be amazing. And then I thought, well, if I made 70, that'd be amazing. And then you realize you have foster kids and little babies and you have cars that your teenagers like to wreck, you know? And then you have insurance and you have a mortgage and you have a new car and all this sort of stuff. It's like, man, it doesn't seem like it's as unlimited as it was before. And then we look out and say, for some of you, like, man, if I had $100,000, some of you guys wish that at one point, and now you have over $100,000. You're like, man, where all this money go? You got the two kids are going to private school. Come on, somebody. They got braces. That's always fun. And you got more graduations. You got more money going out. And all of a sudden, you're like, man, $100,000 doesn't sound that much. You know, how much money do we really want? Most of us, we just say, just double it, right? If you're making 50, it's 100. If it's 200, it's 400. I mean, that's how it really works, right? Just double the number. And, you know, it's always just a little bit more. I don't know, most people are never satisfied with what they have. We're in part four of a series called Bad Advice. Now, we're gonna preach some bad advice today. So if you're like listening to this and you're going, man, that's really bad advice, it's because it is bad advice. We're gonna give some bad advice this morning. And I think it's gonna be so clear as we dive into the message, as we talk about this bad advice in the context of church, like you might look back and go, Wow, I'm actually living some of that bad advice. Like, this appears in my life that maybe following the, the dreams that maybe somebody else has for me, maybe God doesn't have for me this morning. So, we're going to talk about how to be dissatisfied this morning. My love of the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, I mean, this is Paul talking to his protege, to his son in the faith. And he says this He says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, we can take nothing out of it. In other words, you're born with nothing, and when you die, you can't take it with you. But if you have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. I mean, can you imagine just being content because you ate a meal or just had clothes on your back? How many of you guys ate food some, this week? Come on, somebody. You had food this morning. I know some of you had the Jiggy Pig last night at the Summer Fest. Come on. Some of you guys are going to have some bacon. Amen. amen. I mean, if you didn't say amen, I don't know. It's crazy. But anyway, how, how, how many of you have clothes on? I hope you all have clothes on. You're here today. If you're watching on Facebook later, maybe you're watching online later. Uh, man, I was preaching one time. This is this winter. And uh, one of the guys on our team, I'm not going to make fun of him, but his name is Rob Holford. Um <laughs> This a guy came up here and tried to win earlier, but uh, Rob Halford, he decided he'd post uh, as we were preaching, and uh, he said he was watching in his pajama pants on the couch, and uh, but other people said he was in his underwear, and then the conversation went downhill, and I was like, man, I'm gonna have a hard time preaching with this image in my mind right now, Rob. So anyway, sometimes you know you think you gotta wear so you can wear pants if you want to, and you watch online, you don't have to, nobody can see you. But I'm just telling you, man, we all have clothes, we all have food, but man, we struggle to be content, don't we? We struggle with always wanting more, just a little bit more, man. Just double my salary may just give me a little bit. It always seems to just disappear. And Jesus, he tells a really awesome parable about this. And it's found in Luke chapter 12, about having just a little bit more. And he told told a parable, this is Jesus talking. He said, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And then I'll store my surplus of grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Man, this seems like so much of the American dream, doesn't it? I mean, once I have enough, then I can take it Easy. I can relax. I can lift the gas pedal. I can just do what I want in life. Man, I get that bigger place. I get that brand new car. Man, I get that uh, hardwood floors in the house. Man, I get just enough saved up. Then I can relax and take it easy. You know, it's not just money too. When I lose those twenty pounds, come on, somebody. I was in a dunk tank yesterday, and those kids couldn't knock me in. You know what I'm saying? Like. If you know how that works. I was like, man, I just weigh too much for this dunk tank, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, maybe maybe you want to put on weight. Maybe like I need 15 pounds of muscle. Maybe I need a better job that comes with insurance. Come on, somebody. Or maybe like, man, when I get married, or maybe when you have kids, all right? And then they're out of diapers. Come on, Mr. Mom, let's hear an amen this morning. There's one, I love it. Um, but they get out of diapers, right? You're wiping butts for Jesus. That's what I feel like I'm doing all day long. You know, just wiping butts for Jesus. I love you children, but man, poop blowouts, it's terrible. Yeah, come on, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, whoo, man, what happened here, man? Life was so simple before you people, man. But anyway, the kids, they get old enough to drive. Come on, somebody, that's a brilliant day when they start driving. And then they just wreck everything, right? Just backing everything and everything. And that's not my wife, She never anything, but all the kids hit all this stuff and <laughs> whatever, right? And then they leave your house and you're like, yeah, they're gone. They go to college. And guess what? They come back <laughs> and then they leave again. You're like, man, when they leave the second time, man, then we're going to take it easy. We're going to have enough. We're going to do exactly what I want. And then God says this to this man, the parable that wanted to store up everything and take it easy. He says in verse 20, he says, but God said to him, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. And this is how it will go with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not what but it's not rich towards God. This is how it's going to be for all of us to store this stuff up. You know, oftentimes we think the more things we have, the happier we will be. Man, I think that's so much in life. We're always looking for the next thing and if we have enough stuff, then our life's going to be happy and that is just a lie. Man, that that is not good advice. That is very, very, very bad advice and so what I want to do, I want to play this out for you today. I'm going to give you some bad advice of what it looks like to pursue that. Let's just have more stuff. Let's just get enough in our life and so if I can, I'm going to give you some bad advice. Hopefully uh, it goes well. This is always awkward for me because I feel like it's uh, the opposite style of preaching. But I believe God's going to use it to reveal some stuff that maybe it's in our own heart. So this morning, if you woke up and you said, man, my life is doing too well, man. I'm just too blessed to be stressed. I've got so much going on. My family's so perfect. Man, I don't have any stress in my life. I'm so satisfied. Man, if you're going to choose today to make your life messy, man, if you're going to destroy it, if you're going to go on the wrong path and mess something up this morning today, we're going to preach on how to be dissatisfied. Come on, somebody. Amen. Let's hear it. Amen. I don't know if you're going to amen during this part of it, but we're going to do it. I'm going to set you up. First thing is this. If you want to be dissatisfied, first thing is this. Focus on being ungrateful. Focus on being ungrateful. Man, have an attitude of ingratitude. Come on, somebody. I'm going to preach down the house this morning. First Thessalonians 5 says this. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Man, we don't want to follow God's will. I mean, it would be dumb to give thanks in all circumstances. You know what we need to do? We need to complain at all times. If we see someone we don't like, just complain about it. Man, gripe about everything. Be a fault finder. Man, walk around and just find negativity. Man, that's not level over there. I see that's not good. You know, just look around to everything around you and find all the negative. If you see somebody and there's something positive, say, don't say it. Just be the person that complains about everything that happens in your life. Man, have a spirit of ingratitude. You know what? Not only that, resent what God's doing to everybody else. Resent God's goodness. Man, when God blesses somebody else, man, be hypercritical. Like somebody gets that new car, man, you should be like, man, I hope that thing breaks down. I hope that payment's so much, 55%, you know, interest. Man, I think that's things gets bad gas mileage, you know? And then a guy gets a new raise at his job, and you say, man, I deserve that. Because when you're blessed, it's robbing me of a blessing. Amen? No amens. All right, good. You guys have learned quickly. But but I deserve the raise. I worked harder than you. I deserve this. And then when they get married, trash talk their spouse. It's going to make you feel way better, I promise you. Just tear people down. I'm trying to keep a straight face. get nicer clothes, man. Just tear down the nice clothes. Resent God's goodness in others. And you want ignore God's goodness in your own life. Man, never be thankful for where you live. Always look for the faults. Man, you pull in the garage, it's like, this should be three cars and not two. We should always find like, all the weeds in the, in the yard. Don't look at all the nice grass. Just find all the negativity in our house. Man, don't thank God for your health or your friends or your, your family or the blessings or the transportation that the Bible talks about or the clothes you wear. But man, just be ungrateful for everything God has given you. Focus on the negative. Man, the second thing is this, compare what you have to people who have more. Man, this is always the best way to feel miserable about your life. Second Corinthians 10 says this: We dare not to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend or commend themselves when they measure themselves by themselves. Or compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Man, we want to be fools. So what we want to do is wanna compare ourselves to everybody else around us, especially especially when they have more. Look out and say, Man, that guy's got a bigger house. And somebody pulls up next to you in that nice new truck that's lifted, you know, with the 45-inch wheels and it's blowing smoke out. And You're like, man, that's really cool. Like, I don't have that. Some of you are like, that's really stupid, like rolling coal. Yeah. I would tend to think the same thing. Like, I don't have money for that. You know, that's just not a good thing to waste your money on. But hey, if you do that, that's cool, right? But compare yourself to all those have more. If you like your house, do just binge watch HDTV. Come on. Get a little fixer-upper going on. All of a sudden, you're like, I don't have a farmhouse sink. Where's my shiplap? I need some shiplap up in this place. I've got to have it right now. Now is the time to shiplap. Maybe you compare salaries or marriages. Man, you go to your friend's house, and it's like, man, i got to load my laundry from the front, too. Like, these top-load washers are terrible. i got to bend over. Those clothes are way more clean there because I can see it. I can see it happening, you know? Maybe you all got front loads already, I have no idea. Maybe you look in the magazine coverage like, well, I've I've gotta have an airbrushed body like that, right? I mean, some of these people haven't eaten since 2008, you know what I'm talking about, right? They spent more money on the upper half than they put in retirement. So, okay, I shouldn't have said that out loud, but I said that, so that's what's gonna be like. Maybe maybe the guys you're comparing all your vehicles, you're comparing the grass, you're comparing everything around you, your hairlines, Come on, somebody. I know I'm talking to talking myself, comparing hairlines. Maybe you're comparing uh, social media accounts. Man, you make a post on a verse and somebody else posts the same thing and they get more likes than you, and you're like, oh, man, this isn't cool. I, mean, I don't have followers. We compare and compare and compare. Man, if you want to be ungrateful, you'll be dissatisfied, man. Just be ungrateful about stuff and compare yourself to those who have more. Third thing is this pursue temporary possessions over eternal treasures. Man, pursue everything the world offers you. Jesus says this in Luke 12. He says, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Man, how stupid is that? Like, of course we should focus on all this stuff. It's all about stuff. Stuff, 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 and more stuff. I gotta have as much stuff as possible. I don't have room in my garage. I can't even park my car there. As you open it up, stuff falls out. Come on, I've seen some of you guys' garages, right? You've been to my house. Like, it's like, what's in there? There's a boat. Wow, I never even knew there's a boat in your garage. <laughs> like, what, is it a car? No, no, it can't fit in there. It's a falling out of the garage. Man, buy as much. It's all about what you drive. It's about what you wear, it's about what you do, it's where you live. Man, care about stuff, don't care about people, don't care about those around you, don't try to make a difference. Man, don't give away what God's given you. Man, just settle for just settle for the temporary blessing. Don't settle for the eternal blessings. Man, give up on what really matters most. Man, get what you want. Now you deserve it. Just put it on the card. Come on, somebody, just charge it. Ching. Ching. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> think short term. Don't think long term. Don't think of eternity. Just think of you right now, in this moment. Yeah, more is better. Amen. More is better, more is better, more is better. That seems to be the message, right? Newer is better, newer is better. Bigger is better. Come on, somebody, bigger is better. We gotta have the bigger house, the bigger stuff, right? Bigger is better. All right, I'm gonna done with that part. All right, number four, develop an attitude of entitlement. I mean, develop an attitude, I mean, you deserve it. You know, Bible says in Romans, verse six, verse 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. I mean, the wages of sin is death. Man, sin's not that bad. I can't believe I'm saying it. Sin's not that bad. I mean, you don't deserve death. You don't don't deserve that payment for that. You mean, you deserve so much better. Man, you're not that person. This isn't true for your life. Man, you have the right to do things you want to do. You can do it your way, have it your way. Man, I know life's been rough. Man, you've worked hard for what you got. Man, you deserve that new car. Man, get into that. Get all those payments. Buy that house. Man, buy that boat. Buy that House boat. Come on, somebody. Just upgrade it all, baby. Fill that drive up full of stuff. Have your neighbors call the HOA on you. Fill it up. Get that 2.5 gallon ice cream of chocolate chip cookie dough with a big spoon. You deserve it. You gotta, Hey, man, I love it over there. Man, you deserve it, man. Drive that car in that house and complain about how the garage is too small. Walk in that climate controlled room and turn on your Netflix and complain about how slow it's going. This Google fiber, I'm not going to call it Mitch, but his fiber is running slow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's new, but it's running slow. Ah, I can't keep up with it. And walk in that walk-in closet and touch everything in the morning and go, I have nothing to wear. You know what I'm talking about, right? And the shoes don't match. I've got to get new shoes, huh? That's what my wife would say. I just don't have any shoes that match this outfit. I've got to get more shoes. Man, you deserve it. <laughs> I'm calling her out. She's going <laughs> to, don't give her a microphone later. But you deserve, you deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it, man. Life is all about you. All right. I'm done with bad advice. That is it. The series is over. I'm done with bad advice. Is that okay? Can I be done with bad advice? Because I'm so done with bad advice. Man, all that's bad advice. It's awkward. It's just awkward to preach that way. Uh, somebody told me the other day, said man, you look awkward when you preach that. I'm like, yeah, it's like Satan preaching to your church. It's like complete opposite of what you should say to a church. But I think it's useful because sometimes we look at our life and we're like, man, that's kind of me. Like I've been pursuing so much stuff. Like if I have so much, I just want more. I look at my dreams, I'm like, well, if I had just a little bit more, I could do what? I mean I could buy more stuff. Like, I could, it wasn't like I want to give more to church or like use it to influence somebody's life or put it away for time. I just want to just take more stuff. And I think about our lives. If you compare it to most of the world, most of the world, we are so blessed. I mean, we have clothes, we have food. There's so many people in the world. Some of you guys are 100 times more wealthy, 1,000 times, 10,000 times, 100,000 times more wealthy. You know, most of the world lives on less than $2 a day, two thirds of the world lives on less than $2 a day that means for some of you, I was talking to one of the guys going on a business trip and that means the shoes you wear could probably feed a family for 50 days. Isn't that crazy? Like we go to McDonald's and they'd be like passing out the fries. That's like, that's what you'd eat for the day. There's your $2, you know, there's your soda. I mean, for most of the world lives on $2 a day. Another half of that lives on a, thir- or a dollar a day. I mean, we sometimes we just forget how wealthy we really are, that we have so much stuff. And to be honest with you, I look around, I'm like, man, we're not happy. <laughs> Like, we're just not happy. Like, it's, like, so unsatisfying. Like, the more we have, the more we want to have. It's just like this cycle. Like, we're trying to find satisfaction in all the wrong places. And so this morning, I want to zero in on one big thought of how to follow Jesus. One big thought that I think is going to give us some motivation to follow some good advice this morning. And it's simply this. How we live reveals what we believe. How we live reveals what we believe. How we live our actions, if our actions could talk, if the way we lived could speak into our lives, it could speak out loud and share some of us. For most of us, it'd say what Christ offers me is not as good as what the world offers me. What Christ offers me is not so good looking compared to what the world offers. We talked about the first week of how to drift from God. And we found Jesus and we were so excited in our faith. When we, we were 14 or 15 or 20, and we found Jesus and we we're reading our Bible. We had no idea what it meant. We started in Genesis and started going right. That's what I did. And I started finding out this crazy stuff. I'm like, what in the world is going on? But we're passionate about God. And all of a sudden the world says, hey, this is really fun. You should get really busy and too busy to follow God. And we put the world in front of Jesus. And the second week we talk about how to be an addict. Like how to find your satisfaction somewhere else. And Jesus has our heart. Jesus wants our best. Jesus is our security. Jesus is our peace. Jesus set us free from the power of sin. But man, what the world has, man, that bottle or that pill or that thing we look on the internet the image we see, the thing we keep pursuing, man, we just act like it's just more important than Jesus, like just a little bit better than God. Or maybe last week we talked about how to commit adultery, and Barry did an incredible job uh, bringing the word. But you know, for some of us, we made that commitment to God, and we we made a covenant before Him in marriage, and we said, you know what, this isn't just man and a woman; it's man and woman and God, and we're committed to each other. We have a covenant before God we've signed. There's a contract. I'm not going to break it, hell or high water. We're going to be committed to each other. I'm going to follow through with that covenant before you because I'm pursuing the things of God. But all of a sudden, over time, we just kind of drift away. We start looking at this other stuff the world has. I mean, look at all this. Wow, that's amazing. Wow, I can have that. Before we know it. We're half a mile away from where our marriage should be because we're choosing the things of the world. Because we're, the way we're acting, we're saying what the world has is better than what God offers me. And today we're talking about being satisfied. And for some of us, our God is materialism. Our God is stuff. Like, how much stuff can we pack in our house? And then you can't pack more in. You're like, I need a bigger house. I need to tear it down and build a new one. I've got to have more and more stuff. And we put all our hope in the things around us and not what Jesus has for us. And so this morning, I want to challenge you, how do we live for Christ? Like, how do we get a bigger image of Jesus? And it's real important to get this, is that we live for Christ, that gratitude turns what we have into enough. Like, we have to be grateful again. So many times we're looking at what we don't have, but when you're grateful, what you have is enough today. You know, it's not happy people who are grateful, amen? It is grateful people who are happy. It's not about the number you make, it's what you do with what you have. I mean, this is one thing that Mitch has said a million times about, this guy's a financial advisor, about living and retiring and following God. It's not what you have, it's what you do with what you have. And I love what Philippians says in 3, verse seven, verse, chapter 3, verse 7. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It says this, but whoever gains, whoever gains to me, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider what? I consider everything lost because surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I consider everything a loss for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Man, this word knowing is the word experiencing intimately. I consider everything a loss in my life secondary to knowing Jesus personally in my life. He says, for whose sake I've lost all things and consider them garbage that may may gain Christ. Man, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. may never get over the cross. that Jesus chose to go on that cross and die for our sins. And that we can experience the freedom of Jesus today, amen? that the grace of God has affected my life. That was a chief among sinners and I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. I didn't do anything good but God sent his son Jesus, the greatest act of love in all of humanity that Jesus died and exchanged all of my wrong for all of his right and he calls me a chosen son of the king that you're a chosen daughter of the King this morning, that Jesus is victorious. That no matter what I do in this world, I can never earn God's love. And whatever I do, I can never be pushed away from God's love. God loves me right now just the same way he's always loved me and he pursues me and wants me. You never go over the cross because I wanna have experience with Jesus. And everything else is secondary to knowing Jesus. Many of you have a divine relationship with the heavenly Father today. And the presence of God lives in your life that you're directed by the Holy Spirit of God, that God chose you. You are loved this morning. I've got someone to tell you that you're not alone. You know, oftentimes you think you're the only person and that nobody understands. And if you grew up in a family like I grew up, man, your dad wasn't always there for you. Maybe this morning, like, you're trying to figure out your own way and you're trying to do your own thing. You're just kind of making up for what didn't happen as a kid. I'm gonna tell you something. You have a heavenly father that loves you and wants a relationship with you. That God had, you have a heavenly father that wants you today. Man, I had to replace a lot of stuff in my life with my heavenly father's way of doing things, amen? I'd realize that man, there's some stuff my dad did great and some stuff my dad didn't do, but my heavenly father, I'm gonna follow what he wants for my life. You know what? I'm not gonna have to make the mistake of find my worth in anything else. I'm gonna find my worth in a status or a number of followers or other number of people who go to the church. I'm gonna find it in my number, of my bank account. I have to find how many people like me or how big my truck is. Come on, I wish it was bigger, but it's not, right? Like I'm gonna find my worth in that. I have to find my worth in how big my house is. I have to find my worth in anything else, but I can find my worth in the priceless blood of Jesus. Amen. Like when you're grateful for what you have, what you have is enough. Man, I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for Jesus this morning, Amen. Because I am enough for Him. I don't have to prove something to anybody else. I'm not gonna have. I'm not gonna have a U-Haul pull by my hearse. There's nothing that's gonna be my life to come with me. My boat's not coming with me. My house, all all the cool fancy electronics. Like nothing's coming with me. But people go right. Like I can make a difference and serve others. And this is where Paul says, you know what? What's most important is that we know Christ intimately. Now, I love it that we have a father. In John 17, it says that you may know my father, and you may know him personally. Man, if you came into this house, you're like, man, my dad wasn't always there for me. I got good news you have a dad. You are not an orphan. You are not what your dad did not or did say to you. You are who God says you are today. It says in Psalm 68:5, God is a father to the fatherless. Man, in that incredible verse, that we're not left alone to figure life out, just to figure it out on our own, that you have a father that wants the best for you. Man, I remember uh, playing, uh, or what do you call it? Refing football, like little my, football, like sixth graders. I mean, this just tore me up one day. Like, I didn't realize that I kind of missed out on some stuff in my life until we were playing football and I was refing it, and, and nobody likes the referees. You know, refed anything, but you're always wrong, right? And so, um, anyway, I made some bad calls because the, the field kind of rolled and some kids stepped out, but you couldn't see it. And some guy stepped down the field, it was awesome. He walked in the middle of the playing field and he goes, Hey, ref, you suck. It's like, thanks, man. You know, like, whatever. Like, it's just football, right? No, don't say that. It's not just football. Anyway, but I see this kid, he makes this play, and his dad runs up to him and says, So I'm so proud of you. And he picked him up and gave him a hug, and I'm like, ref in this game, like, shh, shh, you know, because I never once heard that from my dad. I never once got a genuine hug from my dad. I never once felt that embrace. Never once had that experience in my life. I'm just here to tell you, man, you have that right now. There's a God that loves you and a God that encouraged you and a God that died for you. And you don't have to measure anything up. You don't have to have all this stuff. You don't have to find a bottle. You don't have to have all this stuff. You don't have to pursue something else because God's way is the best way for your life this morning. I want to encourage you with that. I also encourage this, that you can count all things as lost with Christ. I mean, what Christ offers you is what is greater than what the world offers you. I mean, you can see people differently. Sometimes people are using people to build a resume and you can just serve people. You can get down and, and, and get low. You can get below people. And this is so cool to see what God's doing in people's lives that walk with Jesus because they can get down and they can do things that nobody else can do. They can pursue people. They can build a bridge and they can get walked on and they can still love people and they can say, if you're hurting, I'm hurting, you can come with me because what Jesus did for me, I can never compare anything to. And so I'm gonna lay my life down because I want people to hear Jesus. I want people to know and experience his grace. And so I'm just gonna invest in his name. I'm just gonna show his grace, and his love to those around me. And I'm gonna get low, I'm gonna serve people. It's not pretty, it's messy, isn't it? But I'm gonna serve people because that's what Christ did for me. I'm gonna see people differently. Man, I'm gonna take all the, all the stuff God's given me, all the resources God's given me, all the money, all the stuff that he's put in my life, and I'm gonna say, how can I leverage this? How can I resource this for God's kingdom? How can I best use this to make a difference? I'm gonna invest in other people. How can I do that? I'm gonna to give to the church. I'm gonna to give to others. And when somebody's hurting, I'm gonna take them out. When somebody's going through a tough season, I'm gonna give them more. If I I can do it, I'm gonna do it. I'm always gonna be open because God gave me all this. Everything I have is his. This isn't mine to have. I'm gonna serve people with it. It's not gonna be easy, right? It's not easy, but God wants us to give. God wants us to love and give back. You know, I'm gonna say this, Christ is not enough. Christ is not enough, he is more than enough. You know, Sometimes we think we just preach a message that Christ will just get you by, but you know what, Jesus didn't just get you by. Jesus is more than enough for your life. He is everything, right? He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning the end. He's the true vine. He is the living water. He's the bread of life. He is the creator and the sustainer. It means he holds all things in his hand. He knits all together. He sets the boundaries of people. He, he brings up leadership in the world. He's in control of every single thing that happens. He is more than enough for us today, amen? And I wanna serve him, so I'm gonna give my life to him. As a dad today, you can say, you know what? I don't wanna live my life for me. I don't to live my life for Jesus this morning you know what I'm not going to follow bad advice I'm not going to follow the drift I'm not going to be addicted I'm not going to have an adulterous relationship I'm not going to pursue the things that God doesn't want I'm not going to be dissatisfied by pursuing materialism I'm going to be satisfied in Christ this morning because as a church we're going to be desperate for God we're going to wake up every day and say God I want you in my life God I want something different for you I want this year to be the best year I want to be the best father I can be this year I'm the best leader for Christ. I can be nothing I have is my own. I'm gonna surrender my life to you. And this morning, you can walk out here not just thinking Christ is enough, but Jesus is more than enough for you this morning. Today, I choose to follow good advice. Father, we pray before you. God, we ask that your spirit move in this place. God, I pray that we be open to your gospel. God, we realize how blessed we are, how much we have in our lives. God, how the world lives on so much less. And God, you want something so much more for us than the fall of the American dream. God, you want something more from us just to be satisfied with temporary possessions. God, you want to give us the eternal. God, you want to give us the souls of men. So God, I pray for some this morning that's far from you, God, that needs you today. God, that they'd be open to the gospel. God, you speak to them in a powerful way this morning. As we pray today, without anybody looking around, there those of you would say, man, I've been dissatisfied. I've been finding myself comparing. I feel less than, I thought I'd be doing more at this point in my life, but I'm not. Now I'm pursuing other things besides God, but by God's grace today, I want to be satisfied in God. i want to put him first in my life this morning. I mean, if that's your prayer and you put God first in your life, and be satisfied. You raise your hand high this morning. So I put God first in my life this morning. I see some hands, there's hands up across the room. Father, I pray, God, I confess. God, I repent that in my own life, God, there's areas that I've put other things in front of you. And so God, I choose that you are greater than those things this morning. God, forgive me. God, I repent to you, God, that I would put my life. God, Holy Spirit, minister to us in a deep way. God, give us a spiritual revival in our hearts in our church. God, that we could count all things as lost, that nothing compares to experiencing your grace. Jesus, you are way more than enough this morning. You are everything I want. Everything I have is yours. Use me and use everything I have to further your kingdom and make a difference this morning. Now, as we continue praying across this room, there are many of you begin to realize that you've been trying to fill your life with other things that just aren't going to satisfy. Maybe you've been searching for fulfillment, maybe in money, maybe in a career, maybe in parties maybe in relationships or possessions, but maybe today you just realize that God has placed a God-shaped hole in your life and only Jesus can fill it. Maybe today you realize that you want more and you wanna experience Jesus today. Well, I've got good news for you this morning that God sent his son, Jesus. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've filled your life with, you're never too far from God. He wants a relationship with you this morning. He, wants, he is not waiting for you to clean up your life and to fix your best. Jesus wants to change your life now. When you call on Jesus, he'll hear your prayer, forgive your sins, and right this moment, he'll make you brand new. God, your Father, is waiting for you to come home. He is literally waiting for you, looking over the horizon for you to walk over that hill. And on that cross, when Jesus died for your sin, he took all of your wrong and replaced you with all of his right. Now you're set free and made alive to him. The Bible says that anyone that calls on Jesus, and that includes you, it includes me, that calls on him will be saved and changed and forgiven and made completely new. And so you're not here today on accident. God brought you here. Why? Because he wants you to set you free today. He wants you to set you free from bad advice. He wants you to set you free from drifting and from materialism and from the things of the world. And those of you who need to say yes to Jesus and you'll be set free this morning. You made alive to him. So across this room, you say, yes, I need Jesus. Yes, I need forgiveness. Yes, I need his grace in my life. Today, I want Jesus. If that's you, that may be looking around. You pop your head, your hand up high and say, I need Jesus this morning. Come on, and be like that. Say, I need Jesus. I need Jesus to change my life this morning. And if that's you, only, pray this prayer. Say, Father God, thank you for your sin, Jesus. I don't have to serve any gods in this world. God, I don't have to find my worth in anything else. This Father's Day, I have a father. God, save me from my sin. God, become my heavenly father. God, change me the inside out. God, I want to live my life for you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, lift it up for those who came to Christ this morning.